I am thrilled to announce that An Actor Despairs is partnering with a wonderful CBD company called Kind Farms. Everyone out there has heard of CBD. I started taking it a few years ago when I first started getting sober and to help with my anxiety. Sadly, as one can do, I was overtraining in the gym and a friend recommended a topical and a tincture to help with the pain. I tried it. It was okay. However, recently, I was introduced to a product that has really changed my life. Not only has it helped me with anxiety, but I am stronger than I have ever been. I'm able to carry out lifts my body used to prevent me from doing. Kind Farm products have single-handedly changed my life athletically and personally. They utilize 100% local licensed farmers, organic cultivation, and CO2 extraction for superior CBD. Kind Farms is turning CBD to a kind alternative to pharmaceuticals. Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at Kind Farms Inc., all one word. That's K I N D P H A R M S I N C. And their website is kindfarmsinc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today on An Actor Despairs, we have incredible actress Amy Manson. We're here to talk about her new HBO show, The Nevers. It's incredible. She's so amazing in it, and it's such an intense and amazing performance. You know her from other things like Once Upon a Time, T2 Train Spotting, Doom Annihilation. I got so much love for you, Amy. I'm so excited. You're amazing. Here it is. Amy Manson, welcome to An Actor Despairs. How are you doing? I'm good, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure having you on. I love watching you work. You you make such amazing choices. And, you know, it's been a reoccurring theme I've talked about on this podcast is like, you know, the UK actors, you guys are just so superior to us. It's it, the, the choices and the decisions you guys make, you know, it's, I think that's just something that's ingrained from your Elizabethan roots, you know, because there's no small choice <laughs> in Shakespeare. But uh, it's it's so cool to get to talk to you. Thank you for being on. Great. Um, it, it, cool with you. Can we start from the beginning? Yes, absolutely. Where, where did you grow up? In Aberdeen. Oh, amazing. In the north, north, yeah, northeast of Scotland. And how was that experience? How was that experience? Oh, God. It's weird going right back, isn't it? When you're yeah. like, hang on a sec. I was a kid once. Um, it was great. I, I, um, I kind of grew up on a farm. Um, and then my... Uh, when my parents divorced, I moved out to the countryside further um, and lived with mum and, yeah, had the best kind of, yeah, the best upbringing. Um, Were your parents is... artists? No, not at all. Wow. No, no, no. My dad's an electrician and mum's a social worker, or was. So how did the arts thing come come your way? Well, I, I it was at, I went to Saturday drama school. Um, up in Aberdeen called Stagecoach yeah and it was um singing dancing and acting and I'm I, I cannot sing to save my life I try but um me too <laughs> I'm, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, don't have it <laughs> don't have it so um 
yeah, I went to this drama school and there was this teacher who who I just fell in love with, Yvonne Wheeler, the drama teacher. And yeah, it was like a, a moment, like an epiphany during a, um, a improvisation. And it was about my stepmom taking my dad away from me. And I, I kind of thought at the time that was what I was truly living in yeah. my life. Um, so we did the improvisation um, with a girl, uh, my peer, uh, same age. And I just started crying. And I started just like, it was almost like a cathartic out of body experience. Yeah. And after that, it's just something that I just try you know, I'm, I'm looking to kind of attain to again, like just to understand what that is because it doesn't always happen often. Um, and I still, I still can't put my finger on exactly what it was that I, I experienced then, but it's happened in a few projects since. So I think ever since then, that's been the hunger and the drive for me to kind of want to feel that yeah. that level of kind of inha in, inhabiting a character or another person yeah. in that way. Um so yeah, so that's that's where that's where the addiction for the acting began. That's amazing. And how did you get immersed in that school? Was your parents enrolled you, or was it something you seeked out? Um, no, I, I I ended up having to go to a new um, school to do um, in Scotland. It's called advanced hires, so it's like your final year at high yeah. school. Um, because they didn't do advanced higher drama. So this is where I met this drama school teacher um, and she thought it'd be good if I went to get extra coaching at this Saturday drama school. So, wow. I mean, mum and dad couldn't afford it. So it was my um, my grandfather, uh, fortunately, who who paid for me to go every Saturday. Was it proper productions? Was that, were you guys doing like a full on, you know, like Shakespeare or, or contemporary pieces or was it scene work or how how did it work? Yeah, it was all. It was kind of followed the same lines of of drama school, I guess. It's you know, there's you, you do your hour of acting class. You you kind of like pick apart scenes. Um, you do voice work during song lessons, and it it all kind of comes to a head with a, a production at the end of the year. So I think we did like things like Godspell. So oh, nice. Kind of musicals and things, and yeah, um, and yeah. So it was it was more that that you 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 do the specific work. Um, of a Saturday and then um, yeah then it leads to a showcase almost so a, a proper one for like industry folk and, and agents and reps not as big as as what uh, drama school offers you know at the end of the third year for that but there's definitely people from within the, the local town or city that come to see you and your parents and yeah you know, see what you've been up to that's amazing and and so then at what point did you feel the inkling to to pursue drama school you know was it was it something your instructor put in your mind or you know talk to me about that yeah I, I, absolutely I think my 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 mom both mom and dad didn't really understand what I was venturing into and and also didn't think it was attainable you know there's 4,000 people trial out for these drama schools in England every year Did I guess the, the Rada, Central all the all the main ones yeah, exactly. I think yeah. I, I did three of them. Yeah. <laughs> How'd it go? Yeah, well, I, I think, I, yeah, I got into um, a central on like the day I had my three editions on one day, which is like unheard of. I remember you did the them all in one day? All in one day. Yeah. And the head oh my of drama. God. So you, yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> Energy wise, I would, I would, there's no way. I did mine three days in a row and I was exhausted from that. I that's amazing. No, it's great. Yeah, it was. It was just one of those. I think the head of uh, uh, Central at the time, Jeff Coleman, 
he was in and he just was he just felt like seeing people that, that did the two rounds in the morning so he was like there was 10 of us i i had like, jason isaacs and rufus on the sewell on the show all central oh, brilliant yeah brilliant yeah. That's amazing. And yeah. so when, when you got into that school, did you have an awareness of how special and amazing that is? Definitely. I mean, the energy that was around. Yeah, it's like, like I remember I remember leaving to go down to London. It was the first time I'd ever been down to London. And my mum came with me and I said to this, to this drama school teacher, I was like, I don't, really, I don't know if I can do it. And she was like, get on that bus, get down to London. <laughs> almost take one for the team and it was yeah it was just surreal to be down there and I think that day the sun was shining I knew I had nothing to lose um and I, I just kind of yeah I just wanted to fall and hope there was a net there and that's kind of what happened in the end yeah. I just enjoyed it and I was just so grateful to be there I think that's the thing Ryan like a theme in my life like when things are going well it's because you know I wake up every day and I count my chickens and I'm grateful for you know, having legs to be able to walk, you know, I've kind of taken life down to the simple. Well, that's, um, that, again, that's such is, a beautiful policy to have because most humans don't have that, you know, was that something mm -hmm. in, instilled in you at a young age to always have gratitude and to, you know, find the, the great things to celebrate? I think, I think I've learned that and I've learned it from a very special friend of mine in the last, especially in the last 10 years, but like my dad, that what he used to come in, um, I, I worked at an, an old people's home from the age of 13 and it was an hour away from, an hour, a mile away from where my mum lived. But during the like winter months, my dad didn't like me walking home alone. So he yeah. would drive like 45 minutes to come and pick me up and drop me off and all these things in life. He was just such like, such a, a nice human being and just was always giving to people. And I think the more I think about it, Recently, I think I've got a lot, a lot of um, gratitude for him, I guess, yeah. and a lot for him to be thankful for. I mean, gratitude is a great quality to have as an actor because we all get so disillusioned. So talk to me, you know, when you got to London and you started this amazing drama school experience, how was it? You know, because I know it can be there's I don't know what your program was, but I went to NYU. There was like 40 to amazing. 50 of us. And, you know, it's really intense and they and they break you to make you and I don't know if it's similar there that's it it's the same parallel yeah, yeah. exactly the same that's it you go in with like this spark don't you of just yeah. like, find something <laughs> in you and then when you're like, oh, man. Jeff, so bad but I remember Jeff actually saying at the end of the showcases he was like what happened to that spark you came in with I was like you knocked it out of me what I a dick who says blood. that <laughs> That's oh, so God. cool. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, was it really cool going from this Saturday program to being able to like 40 hours a week, if not more, immersing yourself yeah. into acting? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, yeah, it was more I, I, similar to your experience, Ryan. I There was a lot of people in the year. I think it was the biggest year Central had taken on. Um, and there's 47 in our year. Nobody got kicked out for being late or any of the things that they might have done in years gone gone by because they went on to the UCAS system. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it was a struggle. I think there was, there was a lot of politics. There was too many people in the drama, too, too many voices, I guess, and too many people, um, you, you know, requiring you know, extra space. And it was just complications with rooms, with this. And I just felt like, you know, just get your head down with the work. Just do the work. There was yeah. just too much extracurricular nonsense and yeah. going on that it would just I didn't think was conducive to 
to the the workload that we already had in that respect. So I kind of just kept myself to myself. And in hindsight, I think I wish I hadn't worked so many jobs. I mean, I had to, but you, you know, part time survival jobs as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Wow. What were you doing? Yeah. If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, I worked um, at a gym called Asporta. Okay. Um, around the corner so it was a gym that I'd work in in the morning and then I had two bar jobs while I was there oh my um, god Amy, I know did, it was good how did you balance all that silly. I know I, I didn't really you know looking back now I was like oh god I, I got not ill but I think it was just I, I just didn't have a life I guess yeah and it, was, it became quite a like solitary existence and that's hard in London it's hard to kind of integrate when you're not putting the time in yes yeah, um, so- even though mm, if you don't mind, that was going to be my next question. Mm-hmm. Like, talk to me about because London is such a a tricky city. I I feel like in all the times I've been there, you need someone with like the key to unlock it for you because there are all these like hidden corridors and societies and clubs, and it's such yeah. a it can be such an isolating city if you're alone. That's right, and I think I struggled at drama school, um, just because it was the first time I'd left as well, and I would. I would have thought I was streetwise, but probably not coming from the sticks. If you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I think I had lovely peers. Don't get me wrong. Everybody was super lovely. And, you know, they were always there. For, we were there for each other. Um, but the workload was just so heavy. And I think the times I was working, I could have been reading more Shakespeare. Put it that yeah, way. I was going to say, like, you know? how are you conquering iambic while working all these survival yeah. jobs? <laughs> like, you know, like, well, how did you do that? I would, I would, I would, no way I would be able to balance that. Yeah, I just, I just didn't have a life. I just, it was either work or, or, you know, extracurricular work. It wasn't extracurricular activities. And that's more partying and going out and getting drunk. No, I, I, I lie. I I would party, I would detox the whole term. And then at the end on the last night on the Friday, that's when I would go out and get hammered. Oh, amazing. I I was doing it. Yeah. That, that quite often as well. Did you, you know, despite having such an intense schedule, do you feel like you got to know your peers and in some regard to develop the chemistry to pull off scenes or productions with them? Absolutely. And I think it was more like, I remember there was a Sarah Kane that we did that blasted. Yeah. And I did it with Ben Peel, this this guy from, um, from the school. And, and I think like there was a scene where we had to be kind of like, half naked almost and um but because everybody was just so super lovely it was a really nice year like everybody's decent human beings and I think just the trust was there you know we'd do the work in the classes and that was enough yeah I guess you know you you could kind of clock who was you know who you could trust in that respect and the majority of people you could we had a good year and in the summers were you staying in London or did you go back you were Yes, stayed in London, yeah. So in the summers, I would probably, I'd worked at, um, have you been to Camden Market? I have been to Camden Market. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. That's I amazing. That. I to, yeah, I worked in a jewellery stall there over wow. the summer, which was fun. So really then, great, but then. I apologize for interrupting. Um, while you were there, you know, right away, was Amy's head in like, I got to get rep? Or were you like, let me get through drama school and then I'll worry about the industry? Very much that, yeah. I just didn't understand the industry, you know. We talk so much about it, but it's so different when you get out there. You know, the execution of your practice is completely different. And I think the last year I was fortunate enough to to, um, book, I would say, book an agent 
off the back of the first showcase and he put me up for a few things which I got so the drama school let me leave to in the in the hope that I was going to come back which obviously I was that was the plan all along but when I actually got out got out when I was let out it was just so different being on set it's like you we, we did, we'd never got enough screen time I think yeah. um tuition within drama school so that was just it was a bit of a a mind-boggling experience initially so but then you just how yeah. did you find your footing then you know because I, I know how tough that can be to do a mainly theater school and then to understand cameras and angles and you know how much smaller how to play things like was that was that a tough transition for you or did you figure it out as you went I think I've always been like a curious soul and enjoyed you know I I'm, I understand that it's a, a collaboration you know there's a big collective at work within the machine and I was just in awe of everybody there and I think just being still and observing was is the best way yeah. to learn on set and not being, you know, not having an ego, not be, you know, I'm a new guy on set, I'm this, that, no, just do your job, keep quiet. You know, even still now, I don't, I'm not not a big fan of stand-ins. I mean, I don't want to take jobs away from, from yeah. you know, people who, who stand in while you're, while you're, you're being lit. Um, because I just fight it, that's it. I love watching people work. I love getting, you know, asking questions at camera. How does this work? What does check the gate mean? You know, and especially the difference, such a luxury. And I would go back to film, um, filming on film for this. That um, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's a beautiful thing to wow. know you, the workings inside out, isn't it? Yeah. And that's so beautiful, getting a chance to work before you finish. You know, a, a lot of actors would have, you know, gotten eager to just keep working. What What made you decide to go back and finish? I guess by the end of third year, it was more so for my friends. I wanted to do the final showcase. Yeah, with everyone, and I think that was the whole intention. It's it's after three years that we all got through it together. It was just beautiful. Yeah. So it was more so that coming back. Um, yeah, I think I think that was it. And all the, you know, you come back and share your experience as well. Yeah, and that's did, part did, of it, isn't it? And, did the final showcase change your rep, or were you still with the same one from the first? I'm still with the same one. Wow. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. I imagine though, you got on some really cool casting directors and other industry folks radar. What was your tactical plan once you graduate, stay in London and just keep auditioning? That's it. Just keep auditioning. Wow. Yeah. Just, just the amount of scripts that came in as well. And I'm quite good at just, um, I'm finding it harder with social media these days, but you just have to turn your phone off and get your head down. It's all about the work, isn't it? And it's, yeah. I love storytelling. I love reading stories. And but I think there was a period of about a year that I just didn't have time to read a book. There was all these beautiful, you know, champagne problems. There's all these beautiful scripts coming in for me that, um, that it was just a joy to read and to work on and to pick yeah. apart another person's psyche um, and try and understand why they behave the way they do. You know, yeah. it's just fascinating. And then you came out and you did a lot of the BBC, you know, original content, you know, what was it like going through that, you know, because there, I know you guys do a lot of, you know, period costume dramas and gotten better about contemporary things. Like, what was it like living in both worlds of that? Yeah, that, I mean, that was a luxury. I don't think you really appreciate it when you're going through it. I think that's, you know, I'm having a bit of a nostalgic moment in my life right now and looking back and. And, and actually, I didn't appreciate it the way I probably should have. I never really saw it as a business, I think. You don't, yeah. you don't think you're going to grow up, do you? You don't. Um, you think that it, you'll always be the young one in the cast forever. And 
So I maybe th- I think maybe I took it for granted in a wee bit. Uh, not not in the respect of I always did the work. Yeah. But instead of instead of being, I don't know, taking more chances, I think I would have much rather have done. Um, you know, um, and not I, I felt maybe at that age I just had to adhere to rules and do what I was told more and kind of fit into the niche of whatever role I was going in for. Yeah. You know, and just kind of like almost like get a, you know that would be a pat on the back if you managed to achieve that and hit this note and do that rather than try you know being cool with failing trying yeah. something so absurd that you know that you 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 fail and then you try again yeah and you, you finally succeed if you're one of the last ones to stay standing you know in that respect but it must I have think. been so cool you know mm-hmm. to go from young amy on on saturday school to to being able to make money doing what you love absolutely oh i've had so many moments where that even when I get jobs, even now, I just, I, I break down because you put so much of your soul into it, don't you? Yeah. And, and you just like, but there there are the ones, the certain ones that just get you, like that you, that keep you up at night, that, you know, you get those butterflies. And and I think I wish maybe when I came out, I wish I was able to, to say no to a lot more things, you know, yeah. and not go up for everything and realize that actually I'm not right for everything and I never will be. In yeah. that respect, so if I could go back to that time of straight out, out of drama school, I would have concert, you know, taken more time for myself and being kinder to myself rather than going from one script to the other and trying yeah. to, you know, not necessarily prove people wrong, but prove maybe my parents yeah. wrong initially, you know, with the with how hard this industry was to to gain work, professional work. Yeah, um, and just yeah. And then, you know, once you get in the BBC family, did they, you know, I don't know if it's similar casting directors, but just did that beget more work? Because I know you did so many of their, you know, different pieces. Like, was that just by coincidence or was that, you know, fans you made from Showcase or from the work you were doing on screen? No, no, no. The the antithesis of that, I've always had to fight for every role, like every single one. Um, I think that I think Miss Marple was an offer that came in, um, but yeah, no, a lot of it's that I've just just back to basics, and a lot of them have never crossed over. I mean, I guess you know, casting agents were aware of the trajectory that any artist is is going on and maybe jumping on whatever bandwagon there was at the time. But I think because I play such eclectic and different parts, I think the industry probably has found it hard to kind of pigeonhole me into one like staple genre I guess yeah. and I think maybe to go back to your previous question of it being you know between amalgamating the the two the period pieces and, and modern I think it's just been I never like to use the word luck so I'm not going to say it's luck of the draw but yeah you know it's just it's I'm supposed to be doing what I'm doing at whatever time and I truly believe that and yeah. why why you were working so much in that medium was theater something that was always imperative to you to you know do something at the globe or you know on the west end or you know was that something you were going up for quite often uh no i i went, the first play i went up for i actually yeah managed to get that that was mark thompson who i'm a massive fan of at the lyceum theater in edinburgh wow so it's one of my favorite theaters um and just the depth of it. It's just one of the old school rep theatres. Um, and yeah, and doing that play, I did um, uh, Six Characters in Search of an Author. Wow. And that just it blew my mind being on stage and working with such amazing people. And all, uh, also in Scotland, there's the, the luxury with the National Theatre of Scotland of having six weeks to rehearse 
or five weeks, I think it is to rehearse, whereas normal rehearsal is about three, four weeks, depending on the scale of the show, obviously. So just to be able to to do what I said, you know, like the, the try and fail aspect um, yeah. within a, a safe space was magical for me. And and again, an addiction and so great to flex my muscles from drama school totally. and to go back to, yeah, you know, your Pandora's box and back to your toolbox and using certain things and going, oh, that's what they meant in drama school when they said this. So that's why we've had to do so much voice work, yeah. uh, you know, or breath work or, you know, it's it's all kind of made sense during those moments of the theatre that I've been so honoured and, and grateful to have done so far. Yeah, that's amazing. And then I'm curious, you know, with having things like Once Upon a Time that are these, you know, such massive, you know, followings of, of fans that watch these things so routinely. I'm curious, at a certain point, was there ever an inkling for you to, you know, breach America as an as an actor, you know, to maybe get rep here? Or were you getting American projects there from your agents? Yes, well, I actually, um, this, this, I did a film um, called January yeah. with Zoe Tapper. We had on the show. Oh, weeks ago. lovely, <laughs> lovely, lovely, yeah. Zoe. Um, and from that, one of the other one of the other guys in the show, his manager saw it, so he actually phoned my agency every day for a week to ask wow, about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just loved the resilience. I was like, yeah. oh my god, this guy's seen something because I also know that that project for me took a hell of a lot out of me. Yeah. Um. I, I think I got ill. Yeah, gastroenteritis or something. And still, still. I have that right now. Roots. Oh no! Yeah. Dude, that's, that's oh no! Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's not great. Bless no, you. Horrible. And you're, that's, you're still showing up. Want. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's yes, been. It, but that's what I do for Amy. You know. That's yes. That's uh, it. <laughs> so when you got that manager, then did that really start opening things up, like from American product? Yes, he would he would send uh, sides over to do and to tape. So it was yeah. just like day after day, you know, taping one or two things, which was wonderful. Um, in the hope of maybe moving out there, I think that's. There's a, I think there's maybe a wee bit too much pressure. I think from American agents sometimes just to say, you know, it it solely happens in LA. You have to be here. You must yeah. be here. And yeah. I mean, obviously now because of the pandemic, that that all that is just. It, it, that train of thought just doesn't exist anymore yeah. um, because you can do it remotely, you you know, addition wise. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think I did feel a bit of kind of, oh, like starry eyes and rose tinted glasses and LA is where I should go. And so I, I, I ended up getting my green card, which I still have now. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure if it is a good thing or not, but I, I would love to film out there again. Did you, did you move there for a bit? I did. I moved out, yeah, for for three years just while I got the green card. So talk, After once upon a time. Wow. So talk to me about that experience. That's such a big decision to uproot your life. You know, how was that coming mm. from London to, you know, LA, where it's a city revolving around one industry? It can be exhausting and crippling and paralyzing, but the palm trees are are nice. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> palm trees. So I actually, I came out to LA when I was 21 on my own and I didn't drive. So I got the bus around everywhere. Oh man. I had no car when I lived in LA too. It is <laughs> so tough. Yeah. So tough. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the heat either. I'm, I, I love my seasons. Yeah. Um, I get very bored in one kind of yeah heat environment at a time. Yeah. 
Um, but I had a wonderful time and, and it was a really nice way to do it and go incognito at the start of my career when nobody knew me and, and figure it out for myself, you know, a lot of time on my own. And I think that's when I started reading Jack Kerouac and heading out to the desert and, you know, finding Joshua myself. Tree and doing... Joshua Tree. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then to go back again off off the back really of once upon a time later in my life it was just a whole different ball game yeah it is when you're actually working as well which is sad but that's that, that's the industry we're in and um and, and I had an okay time um I was living with with one of my best friends actually out there and it yeah I don't know I just kind of it just got too much for a, a few months and I decided that I needed some greenery and some I missed home yeah so I ended up going and living in a treehouse in the Hollywood Hills. Wow. Um, yeah, for like three months. It was Airbnb epic, like, or um no, it wasn't. It was through I think it was a casting agent. Um is like outset outhouse. It was almost like a Balinese. Oh outhouse nice. Yeah, it. they have a lot of those in LA. Yeah, but really rustic. Like I lived with spiders for yeah, three months. But yeah. it was great and it was just um it's the first time I've spent apart from going away on work projects, spent that time alone. So it was just, I just kind of got to a stage where I was like, actually, I, I miss the UK. I miss home. Yeah. I'm going for all these additions. Uh, what, if you don't cool. mind, what, did it mm. change the material you were going up for? Like in LA, was it more movies? What 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 were they kind of trying to facilitate for you? What what? Uh, more TV shows. And I think, I think that was it. I just found it hard um, going up for additions, I think, and just being one of you know, a hundred women going in and writing my name on a piece of paper. I just found that hard to digest. And the whole batch production method of it all was just quite brutal. And I I don't think my, my spirit is, is up to that, I think. So um, I found that tough, but it, but it, in complete admiration for the system over there and and the machine that is LA because it is his own entity as much as it, it's, it is in London. Um, and I, I really can't wait to go back for press. I just think, I think maybe it would have been a different experience had I have been working there. Whereas yeah. I'd just come off the back of Once Upon a Time in Vancouver. Right. Mm-hmm. That's With and greenery. And- other than this tree house, your best friend in the desert, you know, I know so many people that go to LA and feel exactly how you describe and exhausted. What, what buoyed you, you know, what anchored you and, and allowed you to continue showing up for these auditions? Because at a certain point you do see a hundred people coming in and you're not mm-hmm. getting it, you know, and it, it can be so frustrating and maddening and literally you have no control over it. So what, what anchored Again, just knowing that I was, you know, that I've had these doors open for me through having representation. Actually, I had to give myself a kick up the butt and go, who do you think you are? Like you've you've got beautiful, you you know, you've got beautiful relationships with your, with the people who represent you and they're, they're they're doing their job. Time to do your job. It's not their fault that you're not getting the work. Right, right. You know, you, they get you, you know, the opportunity and you go and it's, it's it's up to you to get these, these jobs. So I think it was, I just turned it around in in that way and just says, right, get your head down and, and try. And then I, I think, um, you know, it was just, it was just, I was just getting kind of sucked into the wrong, wrong side of LA, I think in the end, you know, when you've got too much time on your hands, it's just kind of. Oh God, you can lose your mind. Yeah, yeah. And I guess maybe you could anywhere, but I think the the desire to be working in a city that is all about work, you know, all about what your dream is, that was, it's a hard one to, 
to get your head around, you know, because it's, I'm not a jealous person. It was nothing to do with that. It's, um, I believe we're all on our own path, but it's just hard to, to know that it was bubbling the industry under the surface and I wasn't a part of it. Did you, you know, I mean, I know you had worked so much in the UK. Did you ever have to, you know, go back to a survival job or were you able to to carry through, you know, living on a, a budget or, you know, whatever work you had done previously? Yeah, I mean, it was a yeah major budget. Just that's why I really had to go home in the end because it just got to the stage where it was like, actually, I can't survive my work. Yeah. You know, I'd rather go and hole up and find my footing and grounding again in, in somewhere I feel protected. Yeah. rather than I felt so exposed out there in a way that I just didn't I, I didn't think was conducive to work or my mental um yeah. mental headspace in that way um so in the end it was just a no-brainer and and I do I, I I I love being out there um and I've got wonderful friends out there but it was just a a real eye-opener you know because you go why why are you putting yourself through this like you yeah. can do it from anywhere and I, and I think that's a big thing I've, I've learned is that I, I have to be happy to do my best work of course you know it seems simple to say but it took me a lot to realize that that actually a lot of my anxieties and things were because I was putting pressure on myself to attain a certain thing to be that you know that model performer in LA and I just don't think it's it's it it should exist you know I I don't think anyone achieves it you know we all put that pressure but I'm, I'm curious when when you move back do you feel like that alleviated a lot of the negative things that were weighing you down yeah, 100%. I think I, I actually did some self-tapes for, I think it was two jobs over in uh, Britain, up in Scotland, actually. And they were wonderful scripts and I got them both. So that was kind of the impetus to come back. Yeah. Um. So, and then, yeah, it was just, I was like, oh, okay, this is what it should be. This is yeah. how I should feel. It shouldn't be a slog. It shouldn't be hard. It should be fun. And I just lost my way because yeah. of, myself there's nobody else to blame that way it was my choice to move out there um and when I got the green card that was that was my time there yeah um and I'm glad I went out to know that it wasn't for me living yeah. there full-time you totally. know she says probably having a job out there <laughs> I know that's so funny and then I, I'm, I'm curious you know what Talk to me about the Nevers. How did that come your way? Was that an audition or an offer? Audition, very much so, yeah. Yeah, so I remember getting the script in. And uh, yeah, again, it was was picking this script apart. I was like, what is this? This is next level writing. Yeah. Without, I know we can't give too much away, but like it's mm. it's a, 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 a sci-fi. Would you say you know like fa- fantasy? I guess would maybe be a better term. All of the above. I yeah. think it's just an amalgamation of everything. It's dark humor. It's just yeah, any sort of word. Steampunk. I mean, it, it, I think it truly has kind of like it's a new genre. It feels like it. there's yeah. nothing like it on TV. There really isn't, and so no, many stories. And, you, and you're so incredible at it, as Maldi. I'm, I'm so curious. You know, it's from the trailer you get this. It's, it's a wild character, and for you, you know, having to show up in an audition room, was where did those choices come from? Because they're so grounded in reality of of the story. But you know, most actors, it's it's hard for actors to commit to something that specific without you mm. know without going too big, you know, and too gestural, but you, you perfectly pulled it off, you know, was that something that you just, was it, was it through the source material? Was it just through, 
doing, you know, a conception of how this character would run because I'm so fascinated by it. Yeah, I think, I think, thank you. Yeah, it, it was, it was, it came to me at a moment in my life when I was like, if I don't get this part, I'm going to step away. I have to, it's taken wow. up too much. Yeah, I, I, not that I fell out of love with it. I just, I couldn't give any more of my soul. And I remember when it came in and I worked on it and I went in there and I just knew it like the back of my hand and I really went places in my head. I just picked it apart. Like I, like if I was researching things online, I would, you know, kind of digress into really horrible things done to women in, in you know, like by Victorian groups of men. Time. Well, yeah. no, no, not really. Just, you know, like I think I, I went down a rabbit hole of, of like gang rape somewhere and all this yeah. sort of mental things just to get in that headspace of like, because you just do have to flick that switch and you have to go there and, and yeah. try and understand what a person goes through. And then I went, so I went in and then I got a callback and the callback was, was with the creator and Nina Gold, the casting agent. Yeah. So I was in the room and and he just asked me like what what does what do you feel about the project like what's your take on this and I went into verbal diarrhea of this means this and this and this and this and he said I wrote that in five minutes like it doesn't mean any of that but <laughs> I love where you were going I was like oh, all right yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 I understand yeah and then he says I mean do you want to do you want to do it and I was like yeah sure let's oh go. so it was and like then, callback offer well it it felt really nice so I I could kind of. Yeah, I could chill. And and actually, before I went in, um, I put up pictures of him And uh, before I went in. So when I got into the edition, I wouldn't feel, you know, like starstruck or anything. Yeah. So it just kind of like, it was like we were best mates. So yeah. it just so relaxed me. And then I did it. I did it like my tape. And then, and and yeah, then got the offer from that. Wow. Um, but it was just so lovely. And then, yeah, and then the journey kind of started we started within a few months and um and there was a lot of time given to to all of us individually from yeah. him that, that would just you know just to pick apart and his vision and where he was going and a lot everything was just just in his head there was nothing executed on paper I think there was only episode one to be honest oh um, wow so you you had to kind of gauge from his vocalization of what was happening like you didn't literally know where it was going no 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 ah. we still don't <laughs> yeah. I mean there's some outlandish storylines but yeah like the super objective he kind of let us all you know individually in on yeah um but when it started to just be yeah I mean the writing would just go off the page I'm like wait what what where are we now yeah I feel like, like I, if on, on the page it would be so hard to, to comprehend that, you know, and that's what's so incredible about your performance is that you're able to bring truth to a world that is very stylized and very specific. And, and, you know, when you get a script as an actor, you have no idea what it's going to look like until you're at the premiere, you know, everything can change in yeah. a second. So talk that's to it. me about keeping it consistent and grounded. Was that, what was your process like for that? What well, was almost like I felt like uh, Pacino in um, Godfather when when he went into Godfather Two. Yeah. Um, and it was like he said something. I read somewhere it was just like he just didn't think he could do it because we had a lot of stop stop starts. And I yeah, had a moment so of that. it was affected by the COVID, right? Yeah, but initially it was the, the there wasn't enough scripts to keep filming wow. in that respect, so we had to take three months off between episode one and the rest of the whole. Shoot. So you shot a pilot and then we had to yes. go back later. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah, it took three months off to get all the, the next, however many scripts the the ducks are lining uh, of script. But HBO and, had already picked it up at this point. Like, oh know, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, okay. Yes. Got yeah. It. So that was a safety net. The beauty of that, the safety net. So then, um, yeah, and then the, the the truth aspect. I kind of, uh, I remember he said to me once that you, if you if we understand malady, you've not done your job. You know that she talks in these these weird ways because of the treatment that she's gone through within the the mental institution yeah. or the time around the mental institution and who's done it to her and that's 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 what I wanted to do like root her in truth I, I basically went back to who she was at four years of age you know what yeah. did she lose her mother at birth was did that then make her an orphan yeah so the text was the very last thing um, I got in touch with my drama school teacher. Um, and I've never done this before. I've oh, never worked with they, coach they, or... you were, It was a coaching session proper. Oh, it was phenomenal. It was. Wow. I would do that again. Yeah. Just I'm... to give it, the layer it in the truth because, you know, everything I say, you need to know about characters in the, in the, in the script. You pick that apart, what they say about you, other characters, what they say about you, what you say about them, what you say about yourself informs this character. It's all there if it's a good script. But with Malady, it was just like... Where, where does she come from? Why is she behaving this way? Why is she this different? You know, she's like a shapeshifter. Why? Yeah. Why? Why does she put on this kind of teenage throwing the, the toys out of the pram at times, or this, you know, this kind of coquettish um, child? You know, when does she use these sorts of um, archetypes? And it was it was to, to root that in truth, so that like in the first episode, I think people have seen it in the trailer. Now she's on the stage. That's the bit her big reveal. Yes, but it's huge, huge entrance. <laughs> yes, yeah. so great. Yeah, but like we, yeah, we all and the producers wanted me to to kind of have free reign, and yeah. I was given free reign. It was never the same. Every I had to hit certain marks, but it was up to me to just be on on stage to know her so inside out that. If I looked somewhere or something happened, uh, one of the archetypes, one of the the people within her would um, would respond to that. Yeah. And I think knowing that, like, you know, she's this is part of her turn as well. She's rooted in terror and pain, you know, of every, you know, she wants to inflict this on the people who put her through the same. Yeah. So she, all her rationale is is you know it's it's logical to her. Um, yeah, curious, and. I'm I'm curious though, uh, when you said drama teacher, was it your Scottish one or central? At central. Yeah. Wow. Peter McAllister is his name. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't, I'm so glad I did because it, it wouldn't have been, you know, he took me back to, so the text was the last thing um, on top, but he took me back to, you know, we went through Labin. We went through, you know, me as a child, like um, rolling around on the floor, what that would feel like. What what being an orphan like the begging position like yeah. who, you know because in in the first episode you see you actually see um, who Malady was before the asylum yeah so it's it's understanding this person's truth and where she came from before and how she, why she's evolved to become this Malady you know it's yeah. almost like Malady has become a she's she's ridiculing her former self yeah she hates who she was she hates that she was this weak. Victorian woman that was, you know, um, passive and, you know, subordinate to her husband and that just was like a yes woman that she just hated that about herself. And that's yeah. the performance. That's why it is so, that's why I had to ground it and give her so many layers because, or else it just becomes a performance. And yes, the, the first scene 
that she comes in is supposed to be a performance. You know, she's enjoying it. Yeah, she's there to to hold the mirror up to society and the the patriarchy that that tried to pick her apart. Yeah, but at the same time, it's um, yeah, she's she's human. <laughs> I guess that was always the the other thing we would come back to. It's like she's not invincible, you know, or is she? That's yeah. what, that's these questions, big questions. And then, then how far were you guys able to get before the pandemic struck? Um, and then we got we filmed up to episode five. Okay, but there, there's a, a massive, um, a massive storyline that happens in episode five uh, that involved a lot, a lot, a lot of people, and and that had to stop. It was literally the week the pandemic hit, and we got wow. shut down. This this big spectacle was just was literally yeah shut down it was such a shame and then we were hoping that you know we could pick it up from then but on scale wise it just had to be stripped right back down when we picked up after covid the initial um so it it changed the conceptual nature of what had to be what was achievable in a pandemic absolutely yeah just even shot wise had to change this big grand scale had to become about you know single shots close-ups you know they did the best they could and and for you amy you know talk to me about getting through the pandemic what was it like to go from having this job to question mark about when i can return to this you know like was it you know i know you guys are on your third lockdown you know it was was that difficult for you or were you able to be around family and and keep yourself occupied because i know we've all struggled with it i think I was fortunate. I knew we had this big episode, this big spectacle in episode five coming up. So I actually went up to Scotland for three days. This is before lockdown. And I got a phone call from the second AD on, it was a Sunday, saying that, look, we're, we're ceasing uh, production. We're stepping you down. And I says, well, do I have to come back to London? So he says, no, you don't. So um, I went straight to work for a charity, basically, up in wow. Scottish Highlands. Um, yeah, so yeah, it was it was it was one of the best experiences of my life actually. So, it's a charity for Speyside Trust who um, who do a lot for children and adults with mental health issues yeah. um, and difficulties. So it's almost like a respite there. Yeah. So I was just uh, tending the land and outdoors, and I lived in a pod for four months. And I woke up and surrounded by mountains in a forest, and just just helped out, planted trees all of the above. So I was very lucky in the first lockdown, but definitely now I think I've, I've got to the stage where it's, yeah, it just feels treacherous. I think yeah. I'm feeling what everyone felt in the first lockdown. So yeah. I take my hats off, my hat off to, to people getting through the first lockdown because I was, it was definitely, a, a I was definitely the anon- anomaly. Yeah. That's, being up there, you know? Well, that's beautiful. You were able to, you know, delay that effect a little bit, but then talk to me about coming back during a pandemic and having to finish this with new protocols. Was that, was that difficult for you as an, an actor and an artist to, you know, have to work around all these technical and literal physical barriers to finish this? It was, it really, it was, and it wasn't because Malady, you know, she's, she's got her gang and she, she's, spends a lot of time underground alone yeah so there was like I I remember what was was really um weirded me out when I came back on set was that it's kind of you've um you've got a department I would be there and being lit but each you could only have one department on set at a time yeah so that was what was difficult but then I I was fine just to to stay in and, and get lit myself 
um, and have different um, departments coming in and out. The makeup department would come in and, and final touches or the lighting had to come in and, and do things. So in that respect, I, I missed the camaraderie and I missed watching all departments, yeah. you know, intertwine and make magic. And I mean, the magic was still made, don't get me wrong, but it just, um, it, it was great because we were all being tested, everyone from drivers to, to crew members and actors three times a week. Wow. So that was that was a huge luxury, and we're all so grateful for that. Um, yeah. So it meant that you know there were certain things that we could, like the actors didn't have to have the masks on when we were on set. Yeah, yeah. Things like that, just to help with being in the moment. Because with Malady, it's um, I think I've got to say with Malady that I, I I've got certain triggers that I use to switch me on. Yeah. But it took quite a lot to get to that vibration of kind of hypermania all the yeah. time, you know, that she just doesn't stop. She's just yeah. like this Duracell battery constantly. Totally. You know? Yeah. Um, That's amazing. And, and speaking of magic, what, what was it like working on a set where it's just no money is spared? You know, it's like, that must've been so cool. Was that an amazing experience? It really was. It really was. And obviously my gratitude was, was high for, being involved in this production yeah. um, for that. And yeah, especially when a lot of my friends, you know, were, you know, theater friends as well that weren't able to, you know, tread the boards and, and still don't know when they're going to be able to tread the boards now. Yeah. You know, I know there's this chat of June. Um, we'll be able to get back in theaters, but you know, whether that happens or not, I just find it so sad. Me too. Um, so, yeah. So I'm, I'm just, I think that was the thing though, especially being up in Scotland in the first lockdown, I was just, I just felt right. I have to do something. I have to give back because I'm able to, I'm in a space. I come from um, literally space, Yeah. <laughs> you know, because an area with, with so much space that I'm going to give back and do something with my time because I can, I'm not in a, in a block of flats in London, you know, yeah. that's, that's my journey that I'm on. So use it wisely in that respect. Um, yeah, and and when I came back, it was you know it was so nice to see everybody. But there was pro protocols in place, yeah. And having the money, HBO having that money to put into, you know, get new air systems in yeah. the studio that we use, um, and also each department in order for them not to kind of cross cross paths within the studio. Never mind on set, um, they built like own like pathways that would yeah. come out of the building so you know the makeup team would come from the third floor and they'd have their own entry and e yeah. e entrance and exit going straight into set yeah so that was you know it became a bit of a lonely kind of existence for everyone I guess yeah totally you know but we well, were working and that's the main thing yeah well talk to me now what's it like seeing it about to come out you know is you're about to go on a crazy press journey I imagine you know is is this been at least I know you had a lull where you finally had to experience the pandemic but is this lifted things back up for you yes 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 um yeah it feels weird like I've seen the first three episodes yeah. and it's 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 so lovely to watch what other people have done with the text and for yeah. them to because when 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 we got the first scripts in, I remember thinking, "This is the best scripts I've ever read in my life." Yeah, and I'm like, "But how is this person going to do this with this? And how is this going to? And how is this going to be grounded in truth, rooted in truth? You know?" Yeah. But but they have, and to see it all come together, and Seamus McGarvey, the the DOP, has just done such wonders in the first few reps. Yeah. It it really does look a million dollars, and and that's a team effort. Yeah. For Did you sure. guys had multiple units? Yes, we did. So we you're have. getting to see some people's stuff for the first time, literally. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm just sitting there rooting for everyone. Yeah. Going, oh God. Yeah. Especially as Melody's just, you know, she comes in when she does in the first episode. So it was a waiting game. And, and it was nice in that respect just to be able to sit and just to go, oh, this yeah. is what we were doing, what we <laughs> doing for the past two years. That's uh, so and it's amazing. Just, and I think even in the first few apps, I'm like, oh, I forgot about this storyline. And, and to know certain characters and what their journeys are, yeah. like in, even in the first three episodes, you don't get any inkling or, yeah. or hint as to what their trajectory will become. Yeah. Um, so that excites me because each character has a bold, bold journey ahead. And, yeah. and how they're intertwining them all, I, I have just no idea. I mean, that's not my job, but I'm just fascinated by it all. Well, you did such a fantastic job. I know we're just meeting, but I'm so utterly proud of you. And it's incredible. No, and thanks, thank buddy. you for coming on the show and, and, and talking about it. I, I got a few final questions for you, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, right now... It's been a tough time for everyone, but, you know, for all the actors out there that didn't get to go to NYU or Central and, you know, want to get in this business, any any words of wisdom you might have for them? Um, hustle. And it's yeah. all about the work. It's all about the work. You can never, you can never do too much, yeah. really. And it comes down to how badly do you want it. That's yeah. it. And then at that, at that stage, then you have to, then you have to let go. Yeah. You know, and you have to have which the, the hardest part go, by far, which is the yeah, because yeah. then it's not about you, and it yeah. is about if your face fits or yeah. You know, there was something I even went for the other day, and and they were like, "You're just not going to fit into the family unit," and I was like, "Fine, that's that's a good yeah. no." If ever there's a you can be a great actor, and what for whatever reason it just doesn't, you know what I mean? And that's so hard with auditioning is there's no feedback most of the time, you know? Yeah, and I think I've I've also learned that. You know, this isn't it isn't who I am. It's what I do. You know, yeah. yes, it is almost my religion, Beautiful. and it has to be. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another thing. I think keep good friends around, and yeah, and and pick up a camera whenever you can. You know, and yeah. just kind of practice and speak text and just have fun. Love that. So rad. Well, final question. You know, what what's next for you, Amy? Do you have an idea? Anything you can you can drop, or you know, what's what's going on in Amy's world? So I just actually wrapped on a film called Spencer um, with Pablo Lorraine directing, who wow. is amazing. It's going to look so stunning. Um, and that's, yeah, that's another um, Princess Di um, film. It's going to be, wow. out, I think, at the end of this year. Yeah. Oh, 2021. Amazing. 2021. Yeah. So yeah. that was super. I love that there. And I'm supposed to be doing a play, a one-woman show in London. Amazing. Um, I'm going to have to yeah. come if the, the gonna, borders yeah. allow me. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. And then, yeah, I'm back to the Nevers in June. So I'm like so grateful. Oh, amazing. This, it never works out like this for me. So I'm, I'm, ah, I'm, you, justice prevails and I'm, I'm so thrilled. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being on the show. Please come back. This yeah, has meant I'm so much to, to me. Thank you, oh, Amy, and I'm thanks, sending you right. so much love, okay? You too, and get, get better soon. All right, thank you so much. Yeah, all right. All right. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Bye. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.